Welcome to Chewing the Fat with Pork Chop Williams. I am Pork Chop Williams. On today's episode, we have singer-songwriter straight from Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. Adam Stone. He's here. He's ready to tell some stories, ready to unwind, and ready to play some music. So y'all, sit back, get you a drink, and hold on tight. It starts right now. Welcome to Chewing the Fat with Portchart Williams. I'm Portchart Williams. On today's episode, we got the one and only Adam Stone, singer, songwriter, guitarist. He is here. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Man, I was super excited about having you here, man. I was excited about being on the show. Yeah, and I and I, uh, I shot you an idea to start out with a song. You agreed? Yeah. So let's hear it, man. All right, man. This one I uh, recently wrote uh, called Back to Tennessee. And I uh, used to stay out there in Nashville. Stayed out there for about five years. and had Nashville on my mind, so I sat down and wrote this song. So it goes a little something like this. Right on. They get me back to Tennessee. Home of the Grand Old Opry. It's still guitar crowd. Bring a teardrop to your eye. Country music set me free. Banging on an old six string, blowing cold to the flame of a honky tonk dream. Won't turn me loose, won't set me free. So getting me back to Tennessee. I left Music City, headed home seven years ago today. Thought I'd try and settle down, find a good job with the 401k. But it's hard to make a home somewhere you don't feel you belong, don't you see? Maybe I'm crazy as hell, chasing a honky-tonk drink. Just get me back to Tennessee. Home of the Grand Old Opry. Hear the steel guitar crowd bring a teardrop to your eye. Country music set me free. Banging on an old six string. Blowing cold to the flame. Of a honky tonk dream. Won't turn me loose, won't set me free. So getting me back to Tennessee. Picking on this old guitar and singing all these country songs for you. That's where I feel at home. It's what I believe that I was born to do. When my boots hit the stage, there ain't no other place I'd rather be. I'm breaking out of this eight to five prison. Killing me. Just get me back to Tennessee, home of the Grand Old Opry. It's still guitar crowd, bring a teardrop to your eye. Country music set me free. Banging on an old six string, throwing cold to the flame. 
of a honky tonk dream won't turn me loose, won't set me free, so get me back to Tennessee. It's just a honky tonk dream won't turn me loose, won't set me free, so get me back to Tennessee. Oh my goodness, man! Yeah, that's like that. God. Oh, I'm about to lose my headset. Oh, <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, a little redneck music. That was good to me, man. I love it. I love live music. Thank you, bro. I love it. I do too. And you just got a really good sound, man. Thank you. I mean, amazing. I greatly appreciate it. Wow. So what? 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 In like, first of all, how long have you been doing music? Uh, well, I've been around. Uh, I've been doing music my whole life, man. Uh, from early childhood, uh, my father, he was a, he is a musician as well. He played uh, piano, upright piano, and uh, played guitar some there in the house when I was a child. And I remember pulling out pots and pans and spoons. <laughs> and uh, I've done that. <laughs> yeah, and he'd play the piano, and I'd go to the the high end, the keys, and mess around and. Uh, Anyway, couldn't stop beating on stuff, so they finally got me a my first drum set. It was a Farmer in the Dale drum set. Oh, you play drums too? Yeah. Oh, but uh, I mean, I say I play drums. It's been many, many years. Uh, if I'd have stuck with it, I may have been, you know, pretty yeah. good at it. But uh, <laughs> but the guitar kind of drew me in, and uh, but yeah, I've been playing music my whole life, man. Right on. That is that's great. That's that's so so. Started playing music at a young age. Now, yeah. when when was it you were like, this is what I want to do? Well, uh, in my teen years, uh, I'd say around 15. I 15? St- yeah, I start, I picked up the guitar when I was 10. My dad showed me my first chord. And uh, from there, I, I played a little bit, but I didn't really have a huge interest in it. Right. Uh, but I loved music. I loved singing with, with 45 records and stuff like that right there in the living room and uh i'm losing my train of thought but, uh, <laughs> that's all right yeah but uh yeah started when i was 15 probably really trying right to, to hone in on on playing and 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 you write your own songs too i do i've written uh i haven't written a, i don't have a huge catalog or anything right. like that but uh you know enough to i guess call myself a songwriter you know? <laughs> maybe Maybe 20, 25 songs I've written. Right on. So, right on. What is that song I was just talking about? Uh, Ray of Hope. Yeah, Ray of that Hope. That is a pretty song to me. Well, brother, I appreciate it. That's one of the first songs I ever wrote. That is a pretty song to me, man. Good Lord. I think me and Molly are going to dance to it out of wit. We might have you. Yeah, man. Be more than happy. Heck yeah. Um, all right. So, you went to Nashville. I did. Uh, I moved out there. Forget exactly what year. Anyway, it was uh, probably 2006, maybe something like that. And um, so moved out there, and I stayed out there for about five years. But uh, it was a very, very fun experience staying there in Nashville. Do you hear that fan? In the, in the yeah, yeah. it has bothered me. I'm gonna cut it off. I don't even feel it. Oh, it's. <laughs> But yeah, um, like I say, I moved out there around 2006. Right on. So what? So okay. So you go to Nashville. Yeah. Did you have a plan, or did you just? 
So well, I've heard a lot of stories about people going to Nashville and they got like a hundred bucks in their pocket and yeah. they have no idea what they're going to do. Well, I kind of did. I had uh, early on, like I say, in my teen years, I was playing music and uh, anyway, I'd play private parties, private right. events or whatever. Right. And I went to Kernersville to play a private party. And uh, anyway, staying at a motel, me and my first cousin, he went with me. And uh, we came out of the hotel room after we played the gig, and there was a tour bus in the parking lot. I was like, huh. oh, crap, that's probably George Jones. <laughs> so, you just knew it was. <laughs> yeah, but uh, being young and, and whatever, my cousin, he said, he said, go grab your guitar. So I went to the room, grabbed my guitar. We didn't know who it was on right. the bus. And uh, so it could have been anybody, but uh, we knocked on the, the tour bus door, and it was Daryl Worley. What? Yeah. The, now he's got uh have, have you forgotten? forgotten yeah yeah well, and uh anyway the gentleman that answered the door he said hey daryl come here and uh anyway he came to the, the door of the bus and i had my guitar and i played a little bit of one of his songs for him and he said y'all come on on the bus no man yeah so uh we went on the bus and hung out with him and uh some things uh his steel guitar player. Yeah. He gave me his contact information wow. and told me if I ever needed anything to, to reach out to him. And, uh, they were all really, really wow. super nice guys. And uh, so when I moved out there, I, I had a, a contact. Right. And uh, Did you ever contact him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've recorded with him. Really? I sure have. Yeah, with uh, his steel guitar player, not Daryl Worley. Oh, yeah. Well, that's still cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and in meeting... That steel guitar player, uh, I met some of the cir circle of his friends, his musician friends, right. and uh, Scotty Hawkins, he, which he's passed away. He played for Brooks and Dunn, right? Played dr drums for them, and uh, so it's you know they all tend to know each other out there in Nashville. Yeah, but um, and um, did you do any recording out there? I like did. you said, you recorded with with the with the guitar player. I did, man. I I've had some really cool experiences recording. Uh, I would go in and, and record some of my original music. Right. Uh, there's a company called Beard Music and Beard Music Group. And uh, anyway, it's pretty much you can go in there with your original material and for, you know, six or $700, you can have these A-list players, musicians, <laughs> that, I mean, may have toured with Elton John or may have played on Alan Jackson records or, and you can do a demo with them, you know, and they'll play on your song. So they 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 learn your song. Yeah, they'll they'll learn your song. They'll chart it out. Yeah, it's called the Nashville number system, and they'll chart it out. And uh, I've always they, wondered how that how that worked. Yeah, they use numbers, and it's a system that all those studio musicians they they know, and it's a, a quick reference to how the song goes. Right on. That's, that's great. And, and and did it did it ever not turn out like you ever wrote a song and you play it with somebody and you're like I don't want it to sound like that. Uh, yeah, I have had some experiences like that, but more <laughs> times than not, you know, it's uh, it would be my performance that I I was critiquing. You know, <laughs> we're our biggest critic, man. When yeah. I was wrestling, I was the same way. Yeah, it's like you know, let me do another take. Of that. <laughs> right. But but as far as recording, uh, man. Uh, if I could tell you about a couple more instances. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Tell all the stories you want, brother. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled to have this opportunity and you having me here.
but um, I was playing in the airport. That sounds crazy. There's a bar. There's bars in the in the airport in Nashville, and I was playing this particular bar. And um, I mean, I've met uh, right many folks come through there, but this uh, particular gentleman, he came up to me and tipped me, and was really nice and introduced himself. His name was Jim Moose Brown, and uh, I was kind of familiar with that name. But uh, anyway, he gave me his number and and said maybe we could do some demos or something right and invited me to to give him a call and i got back to my apartment after the gig and i looked him up and i was blown away because he had recorded with jamie johnson and he plays he plays guitar and piano for bob Seger. whoa so i was like this guy's a heavy hitter man. no doubt and i was able to go record at his studio and he he also co-wrote uh, it's five o'clock somewhere Alan Jackson recorded. And, and Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. yeah. And I walked in his studio, man, and I was like, oh, my God. It was like gold and platinum records, you know. Everywhere. Right. So I was like, this is a big fish, you know. No so doubt. I was able to record with him and and uh, hopefully can do that again someday. That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm blown away by that. So you mentioned Jamie Johnson. Yeah. That guy's voice, I can sit there and listen to him all day long. Oh, yeah. I went, I've seen him twice live, and it's, every time I see him, it's, it's better and better. Like, I I would, I, mm, Jamie Johnson's one of my favorites. He is. He's he's a I hate they don't, rare bird, man. I, yeah, I hate they don't play his type of country on the radio. Yeah, he harkens you know? back to the outlaw stuff. Yeah. In my opinion, the Waylon Jennings. And That's right. That's what the, I like. The old school. Yeah. yeah, I love the traditional stuff. I took uh, my fiance to see uh, Luke Combs and Raleigh just recently. He's a North Carolina boy. Yeah, Asheville, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. We we had a good time. It was a good show. Uh, I didn't really know how I was gonna feel about it. Uh, I like Luke Combs. Yeah, heck of a, a songwriter and we an had, amazing singer. We had we had some good seats, and it was it was. A, he's Entertainer of the Year. He deserves that award. He it was a great show. That's great, great show, man. Um, so. You lived in Nashville, yeah, and you got to meet a lot of cool names, yeah, right. I did. You got to, you, and you got to work with some cool people. I did. Um, who, who I've read mm-hmm. that now. One of them I didn't read up on. Okay, this I know for a fact. Well, I, I hope it's a fact. I hope I <laughs> got my my stuff together. You opened up for Trace Atkins. I did. You opened up for Ronnie Millsap, mm-hmm. Patty Loveless, yeah, Gene Watson, yeah, man. And just recently, you opened up for Travis Tritt. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, t- tell me how Trace is. Is he really like eight foot tall? Believe it or not, uh, yeah, he's he's a tall dude, man. Um, a big big man. And uh, but uh, you know, I, I looked into to land in that spot to open up for them guys and uh, yeah, for for Trace and uh, Patty Loveless. And uh, also Jason Michael Carroll, he was. I know Jason. Yeah, he was a part of that show as well. I went on, and then he performed, and then uh, Patty Loveless and Trace came on last. Funny story about Jason, real quick. Um, I remember I was young. I was probably fourteen, fifteen, maybe even younger than that. Uh-huh. But I was a teenager. I knew I was. I know. I remember it was a teenager because I was in the girls, and yeah, and uh, there was this girl there that I danced with. I'm, yeah, anyway, it was weird. Um, <laughs> it was at the Long Branch. Oh yeah. And usually, I don't think that they let kids in, but 
it was like a family night deal they had there, and Jason was going to be there, and my mom and all her friends were part of his fan club. Right. And um, I was learning how to play the guitar. My cousin and my uncle, my uncle was in a rock band, uh, the Cherry Valance. They toured all over Europe. and Wow. America. Yeah. And um, he, um, anyway, I got this guitar, and my cousin was teaching me how to play. And um, I went to see Jason. And I got to talk to him after the show, and he was like, hey, man, I can give you the same book that I learned out of. You know, I got it packed away, and I'll, I'll give it to you. I was like, really? He was like, yeah, man. So um, then, you know, months later, my mom went back to see him. She was like, hey, you know, my boy, looking for that book. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get it to you. I'll get it. I'm, I've never seen that book. <laughs> but, <laughs> it was a good thought. The thought yeah, it was a great thought. Great guy. Thought that count. His, like, when I, I remember when I first seen him, um, you know, he had a long blonde hair, the little – chin patch you know yeah. you know and um i was like okay yeah whatever and then when he started singing it was like i can't even describe his voice <laughs> yeah he, he does have a deeper voice i did not know that that was gonna come out of that man yeah but uh yeah jason man he's great i think he's from around youngsville yeah i'm yeah, not somewhere mistaken. like that yeah. i know he's around somewhere yeah. I, i'm i'm glad he blew up he's really yeah good. i i'm very proud of him i don't know what he's doing now but Trace Atkins. Yeah. So did you, was it like a, a one and done? Did you tour with him? No, it was a, a one, one-off right. deal, you know. And the local radio station had, uh, had been playing some of uh, my music and was able to, and they asked me, you know, would I be interested in opening a show for these country music stars you know right and what was i going to say no right, <laughs> right. it's like you won't even have to pay me you know just right. let me get out there and play you know yeah i love it that much and uh to open a show for you know people that i respect their music and their their gift uh it was really cool nice yeah. so was there any like feedback from trace or anybody man uh i really didn't spend uh much time at all with them really they were Pretty much on their bus, yeah. And uh, I did see Patty Loveless do her sound check, yeah. And uh, yeah, she was she was sharp. She was a pretty woman, yeah. <laughs> and she can sing, yeah. <laughs> and she can sing, yeah. There's that, <laughs> yeah. Travis Tritt, man, he was like like I remember growing up, like that was one of my mom, my grandma. They loved. We had the T-shirt, Travis Tritt CDs, definitely, man. Love Travis Tritt. I love Travis Tritt. Great, great singer songwriter, uh, man. Now, did you open up for him? I think he was at Norris Creek, or were you at the? It was in Norris Creek. Or were you at Run Rap? Okay, Norris Creek. Norris Creek. Yeah. Okay, okay. Out Norris there Creek. in, uh, I believe it's Lewisburg. Or... Yeah, Lewisburg. They've been somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. I've I'm been not, there a few times. I yeah, went... I'm not sure that they uh, are still doing shows out there. I don't think so. Last time I went was years ago. I went and saw Aaron Lewis. Yeah. out there, and I saw, I saw someone else out there too. Uncle Cracker. Is that cool? Cool venue. I saw. I bought Uncle Cracker a beer there. How cool! I got I, a story to tell you about who I, I bought a beer. Even, I didn't even. I, I, hell yeah! I didn't even know that I bought him a beer. So the lines were long. Uh-huh. So every time I go, I would be double fisting, right? Right. And we were right up at the front. So I go making my way back to the front. You know, down this hill. You know, I'm top heavy, but like even back then, I was I was getting some size on me. So if I go to fall down the hill, I'm gone, <laughs> and I'm taking everybody with me. And um, so I was being, I was walking real ginger, and I get to the front, and he has a red solo cup on stage, and he picks it up off a stool, and he's he's singing, music's going, and he does 
take a drink and it's like no there's nothing coming out of it. He's, and he opens his, he opens his mouth. Very disappointed. And he's like, and he just does like this, and he throws the cup behind him. And I hold my, and I hold my cup, so I'm like, wow! I'm just throwing my arms up. Right. And he's like, oh, is that for me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So one of the security guys comes over, grabs the beer, gives it to him, and he drinks it, downs it right down on stage. And I'm like, I just bought Uncle Cracker a beer. That's great. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty cool. Who did you buy a beer? Man, I was in a bar called Music City Bar and Grill in Nashville. Okay. And, uh, I've heard of that place before. It's a really cool bar, man. If you're ever in Nashville, it's one, one of the better bars. It's, it's not in the tur- tourist trap right. uh, area. But uh, there was a guy, he got up and played, and I was like, holy crap, I'm I'm seeing this. Uh, it was Tommy Two-Tone. The song eight six seven five three oh nine. No. So he played that, and I was like, man, and it was rocking. And he comes off the stage, and he goes and sits at the bar. And I'm like, you know, this is pretty cool, you know. So I walk over to him. I said, man, could I buy you a drink? He says, sure can. So, <laughs> so I asked him what he was having. And I think I bought him a double shot of something. Right. But, uh, but it was cool, you know. That's awesome. Tommy that Two Tones. Awesome. Oh, that's great. I was at a I was doing a wrestling gig one time, and there was a show going on locally. And I remember the promoter was like, "They got this big festival going on," and we were in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. He's like, "We got this big festival going on. We're competing with. We're probably not going to draw." But it was raining outside, right? And we packed the place out. Mm. And apparently, some of his uh, some of his guys went over to the parking lot over there and started flying the the windshields. So as it started raining. They're going in there. What's this on my thing? If it wasn't ripped in half when they pulled it out, they could read it. And they was like, "We come from the show. We come from the festival." And uh, we packed that place out. And uh, it was it was about I don't know, a thousand people, twelve hundred people. It was a small armory, you know what I'm saying? So, right, right. Uh, like a bingo hall or something, whatever it was. And mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know this. I was the semi main event, so I'm back there. I'm getting ready for my match. Yeah. I'm going over everything with the guys in the back. Making sure we're, we're good. Yeah. And when when you go out there, you got tunnel vision. Of course, you hear the crowd, you see them, but you don't. You're not like you zoned know zoned in on right each individual. Yeah. I heard that Kid Rock was there. <laughs> no way, man. No way. I had no idea. I, now everybody swears to it. I I didn't see him. I don't believe it. There's no pictures with him there. I just I they swear. It sounds like there. an event he would go to. Yeah, him and his crew came in there. And they sat. At, they sat at the back against the wall, watched the last three matches, and walked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, man. To hear, you know, yeah, you know, it, it was right on. So. Heck yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that events rained out. What's there doing this town? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like Altoona, Pennsylvania, or something. Yeah. What um? So. Let's see. Who's your biggest? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about that. Your biggest influence. Who's who's your biggest influence? Man, that that's a tough question. So I heard you say George Jones and different. Man, I grew up. Uh, shoot, when I was ten years old, I didn't think you could play anything on a guitar other than country music because that's all I ever heard my dad play, dude. And uh, I felt like I was doing something wrong if I tried to play a Beatles song <laughs> on the guitar. I'm like. This is sacrilegious. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, um, I lost my train of thought. Again. Biggest influence. Yeah, biggest influence. Man, the, just the, the classics. The uh, I like all kinds of music. Yeah. Uh, as far as country, Merle Haggard is probably my top. 
favorite. I love I it. love Merle. I love the tone of his voice. His songs were, it's amazing that somebody could write, uh, let alone write that well. Yeah. But then to have the voice in, in the talent that he had, uh, it's un- incredible. So he, he's probably one of my biggest in the country. I love Merle. Country music, but. But again, I like all kinds of music. I, from, I may listen to a Gladys Knight song oh. or Temptations or or what have you. You know, I like Ray Charles. Ray Charles. I man. love Ray Charles, man. All those those. That's what I consider, you know, the singers. Yeah. And that's what I'm drawn to. I tell you, um, I, I had Merle Haggard playing in the truck one day, and I had a friend of mine with me, and he was like, "What are you listening to?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "That's Merle." Why his voice? It sounds so whiny. I was like, right, I love it. <laughs> like, it's like fine wine, man. Yeah, man. Do you need your car detailed? Your house pressure washed? Will you call DLM Auto Detailing and Pressure Washing? Call David today at 252-885-8272. Sorry for the interruption. I had to pay some bills. We are back. We got Adam Stone on Chewing the Fat with Porkchop Williams Podcast. So, man, I, <clears throat> any more stories about Nashville? I got to hear these stories. Oh, uh, man. About anything, really. Well, uh, mainly, to me, some of the cooler ones, you know, are, uh, just being able to meet some of the people that grew up here. You know, I, right. when, I was, uh, when I was young, I used to my dad would put on a 45 of Reba McIntyre. And when I was young, I had a really high voice so I could hang right with her, you know, as right. far as the, the, it being so high. But uh, I was able to meet her. I met her in the airport. and uh, Reba. To, yeah, Reba McIntyre. And uh, so that was neat playing that gig uh, I spoke of earlier in the airport Yeah, at that particular bar. Um, I got to see a lot of people. Amy Grant. She was, she was very nice and generous. She she tipped me a few times. And, nice, uh, different ones. Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Whoa, yeah. hold on. <laughs> that was a pretty cool. I one. think I saw that post that you put. Oh there. yeah, I, I'll tell you real quick. I, he came in and I'm like, it, it looks pretty familiar. I was playing, and uh, he walked over. He tipped me ten bucks. I remember what because I saw what he threw in the tip bucket. Mm-hmm. He walked over to the bar, sat down, ordered him a beer, and my curiosity got the better of me because I'm like, this guy looks familiar. I got to go, you know, thank him for the tip and find out who he is. Right. <laughs> so I walk over to the bar, and I'm like, excuse me, sir. I said, I appreciate the tip you threw in the tip bucket. Uh, I said, man, you look mighty familiar. <laughs> I said, who are you? And he said, you know who I am. And I said, I do. And it hit me who it was. And it was uh, it was Sebastian Bach of Skid Row. Oh, man. Super nice guy. He said he was in town filming a video with John Rich of Big and Rich. No doubt. Yeah. But he seemed like a genuine guy, man. Awesome. Heck of a singer. I was, my uncle met Nikki Six. Wow. I don't, I don't know where. But the story that I remember being told goes, and he may say different, but uh, they were somewhere doing a gig, and this guy walks by. And they all started picking, like, look at this, and Nikki Six look alike, man. You know, be yourself, bro. Don't, don't. He turned around, it's like, excuse me, son. <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway, then they got to talking, and it was pretty cool. 
Heck yeah. Uh, not, not every day you meet people like that. Right. Like, I, I got to meet some pretty cool names. I was on the wrestling. I was I was on some shows with some big wrestling names, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Rock and Roll Express. Oh, yeah. I remember that. They're still going. Those guys are like 80. That's crazy. They're still out there doing it. That's what they do. I, I called Ricky Morton one time, uh-huh. one half to Rock and Roll Express, to book him on my show. I'd run a show in Nashville at the Armory. Right. And um, he was like, did, he did he did not have a backup job. He wasn't a plumber Monday through Friday. You know All he was was a wrestler. Wrestler, and he did it on the indies, and he made a lot of money. He was like, "This is what I do for a living, brother. You book me, I'm there, brother. Hey, you. I tell you what, <laughs> me just by myself, five hundred dollars. Okay, five hundred dollars. Me and yeah. my buddy, we'll come in. We would do it for for a thousand dollars. Matter, hey, eight fifty. I'll take the cut. I'll give him the fight. We will do it for eight fifty. And I was like, dang on. If you get a promoter. Down the road and wants to book us in the same day or the same weekend, we'll cut you another deal, brother. And I was like, right on. Heck yeah, man. And then he got the Hall of Fame. They do your Hall of Fame. You call them up. They're like, yeah, man, we'll come in. It's six grand, bro. Exactly <laughs> they got them rings, bro. The Hall of Fame rings. Yes, sir. Price went up. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, man, great guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, so, so, uh, you stay here in Nash County. I do. That's crazy. So, what? Um, wait. I want to ask you this. Yeah. What's the biggest crowd you've ever sung in front of? Uh, the Travis Trick crowd. How how many people were there? Uh, I'm. I don't know exactly, but it was sold out. I believe it was. It was at least. Oh, it was three thousand people, probably three thousand, yeah. maybe a little more. Yeah. So. That's probably the largest crowd. Yeah, but yeah. in uh, to me, there that's easier to do to play in front of a large crowd. Yeah, because you know you're not gonna please everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's almost like a a relief. You know, yeah. a breath, a sigh of relief. You go out there, and, and I mean, just seeing that amount of people, it pumps you up. Yeah. So when I was when I was wrestling, and tell me if this is the same way. When I was in the ring. You had them people. If it was a large crowd, mm-hmm. you had them people right in the palm of your hand. If you start clapping your hands, they're gonna start clapping their hands. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And like anything, you can make them do anything or say anything. It was like now a smaller crowd. Yeah, we would go out there and do the show. If it was five people or five thousand people, the show must go on. For me, smaller crowds are the toughest tough. ones. Toughest ones to win over. Have you ever had a really tough time on stage? Oh yeah. I sure have, man. There's times I've forgotten words to songs, you know, right in the middle of it and wanted to crawl under under the stage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I was at a uh, Ron White show. Me and me and Deborah, my fiance, we went to a Ron White show um, just recently. Last weekend or weekend before? Weekend uh, before, I think it was. The Comedian. Yeah. yeah. So we go there, and uh, they got two opening acts. They were hilarious, funny guys. All right. And then Ron White comes out, and he does a bunch, you know, and he's classic Ron, got the wine glass, got the cigar, he's up there in his suit, and he's talking. And it's hilarious. And then he starts doing his classic stuff, you know. Uh-huh. And even then, you know, I've <clears throat> I've seen it all on Netflix and Blue Collar Store. And, right. And um, I can just about tell you the jokes word for word, but <clears throat> to see it in person was mm-hmm. just, I, I was... I was I was good, but that was that was awesome. Yeah. And then you got some woman in the back with whatever crowd she was with, and they started hollering out, "You need new material." 
Wow. And he was like, well, I That's mean. pretty brutal. And, and he come back with a little, uh, you know, I ain't going to say what he said, but yeah. it was funny. It was witty. And yeah. I'm <laughs> pretty sure he's had to tell a few people what he told them. Yeah. Um, he, um, and then he's like, no, in all seriousness, if he was very professional, he's like, if you don't enjoy the show, if you don't like the show, then we'll give you money back. No problem. You can leave now. Yeah. And they didn't move. They was like, all right, well, shut up and enjoy the, enjoy the show and let everybody else enjoy it. So he went to do something else and he said something else. Yeah. And everybody was like, shut up. So it visibly upset him. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. And he was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my old one. And he was like, I got drunk in a bar. And everybody was like, Wah! halfway through it, he forgot it. Yeah. I was like, I haven't told this joke in 15 years. I forgot it. See, he messed me up. Blah, blah, blah. He was like, I'll tell you. He had a reset. Got him out of his rhythm. Yeah. He had a reset. So he was like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you the joke that I was originally going to tell you before. And you okay with that? And we was like, wow. So he did his joke. And then he was like, y'all guys been great. Thank you so much. And, let's, and I was like, hold up now. He ended the show a half hour early. Mm. That made me so. Now, he didn't make me mad. There's people in the, that group of people in the back made me mad. Yeah. We had really good seats. We paid good money for. Yeah. You know, and that was on my bucket list. Because I see Ron White, my favorite comedian. Yeah. And, man, it was, ugh. anyway. Yeah, I I did go see Larry the Cable Guy. Did you? Yeah. How was that? That was good. It was, yeah. he was even funnier, like you said, uh, to me in person. Yeah, it was, he was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, I tell you, man, when I go to a show now, like Walnut Creek, I sit on the lawn. You know, I'm not going down there in the pit with nobody. But if I go to a show now, like we went to PNC to see um, Luke Combs, like I told yeah. you. Yeah great seats we were right we were we were second level right up front i mean amazing seats right there on the aisle i like being on the aisle yeah. ron white we were second section front row right on the aisle yeah you know i i i will if i can help it i won't sit in the back no more but um you got any shows coming up man i do uh right off i have uh, some private events right. that, that i do and i enjoy doing those uh because yeah. normally if, if somebody hires me to do a private event they know the type of music I play, right, and, and uh, they know kind of what they're getting. As if I play a bar or something like that, uh, you know, you you have such a, a wide variety of different people, and they you know like different things. And yeah. but uh, but yeah, I I mean I I do have some shows, but nothing uh public right now as far as I'm not playing uh. <laughs> show side or anything i don't have anything lined up uh show side yeah that's in spring hope hey we just went there the other night yeah my my, my aunt, it's good food too my cousin is the waitress there amy mm-hmm. um we went there for, for comedy night last thursday night matter of fact i did a i did an off week last week for veterans day we went to comedy night heck yeah i got stupid drunk <laughs> <laughs> they're ready to drive home <laughs> yeah but uh it was yeah. it was fun and that was a small crowd yeah, and they were having a hard time, but it, I, I enjoyed it. Every now and then, you get a small crowd, and, and they'll they'll start to loosen up. Yeah, you know, maybe get a few beers in them. That's right. Then, uh, you know, sometimes you have somebody that's had way too many, and next thing you know, they're tipping really well. Yeah, <laughs> that Sebastian Bach story was got me, man. That was awesome. Yeah, uh, I, there was a another quick story if you. If you'd like to hear it, any it. man tell anything, right? Tell any talk, all right? My, any stories you got? Okay, I was playing in Nashville, and my buddy Kevin Wood, 
Uh, he's a bass player, and uh, he's played for some different folks. He played played for a guy named Freddie Hart back in the '60s or early '70s. Had a song called "Easy Loving," and uh, it's a great song. But um, he told me me and him played in a band together at the Second Fiddle, uh, a bar there on Broadway, and uh, he said, "Man, I'm." doing a show with Johnny Cash's brother, Tommy Cash, at uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame. I didn't know his brother sang. Yes, he has a brother. I'm not even certain if he's still living or, or if he's passed. I, I sure hope he hasn't. But uh, his name's Tommy Cash, and he had a song in the 70s called Six White Horses. And uh, I think it was a, a pretty decent hit uh, for him. I don't right. know if it was a number one, but pretty well-known song by him. So Kevin said, why don't you go over there with me? I'll introduce you to him. And uh, so we go over to the Country Music Hall of Fame where he was going to be playing bass for Tommy and uh, introduced me. And I'm, you know, kind of pinching myself because, I mean, it's not Johnny Cash, but right. it's about as close as you're going to get yeah. to Johnny Cash. It was his, his you know, brother. So um, really nice. And he asked me, uh, he said, hey, man, uh, you want to do a show? I meant, you want to do a song in the show? And uh, so I was blown away. Uh, not only did I get to meet Johnny's brother, yeah, but he asked me to perform a song or two in the Country Music Hall of Fame there in Nashville. So I was, uh, I was ecstatic to do that because I mean, what country singer wouldn't want to right. sing in the Country Music Hall of Fame? Right, absolutely. So. Grand Ole Opry. It's on my bucket list. Man, ain't that on everybody? That is that is like, if you go to the Opry, you've made it. Like, that's... Yeah, and, it, you know, there's something about it, I guess. As <clears throat> I, I can't speak for anybody else, but for myself. Right. It's almost like a validation. Right. And maybe that's wrong. I don't know. Uh, you know, maybe... Uh, but I, I think we should, you know... Personally, I, I like to strive. I don't I don't like to stay content with where I am. I, right. You know, I always want to one-up myself. That's right. You know. That's how you get better. And, you know, get like you said, get better. So, yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to play the Opry one day. They just had, um, what's my man's name? I just started listening to him recently. I wasn't really a big fan. Um, uh, big old fat guy. Jelly Roll. Yeah, big big old guy, man. Do you listen to Jelly Roll? I've heard what was his song? Save me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it's one of his most popular ones. Kind of favors Post Malone a little with all the tattoos. Yeah, yeah. Post Malone, that character, man. I don't know how I feel about that guy. Man, uh, I like that song he did. Circles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, his music, he's a he's a living thing, man. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's definitely a mixed bag. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do you so? Do you listen to anything like? Okay, so you listen to classic rock, obviously. You listen to country, obviously. Yeah. Do you listen to anything uh, newer? Like, do you, uh, we talk about Jelly Do you listen to like uh, uh, Up Church or, or anybody like that? Uh, I do, and I will uh, sometimes. I'll rabbit hole. I'll find a artist, uh, or somebody will ask me, "Hey, have you heard Cody Jinx or or, Jinx. or different artists like that?" Yeah. And uh, so, and then I may pull up a song, and then next thing I know, I'm I'm rabbit hole, and I'm pulling up people in that same yeah vein, you yeah. know. So that's kind of how I discovered people like Brent Cobb, yeah, uh, that 
I think you did a show with uh, or toured some with Chris Stapleton, uh, John R. Miller. That's another right. artist. Some of these, you know, they're not radio. They're not on your radio, but they're not uh, pop country. But at the same time, to me, man, they sound a lot better than some of the stuff right. that's on right. current and, radio. And no disrespect to those guys who, no. who, are, who are doing their thing on current country radio, but I, I miss like I miss that old like the we still got Chris Stapleton. Oh yeah, man. you know, and and Luke Combs has a good sound. He does, and I and I I like the song uh, "Forever After All." Yep, that he did. That he did. It's a great song, and uh. But yeah, I don't listen to a whole lot of modern country. Right. I I may flip it over there for a little bit, and but it just I don't know. It kind of leaves me <laughs> empty. Yeah, right. Like yeah. like this is it's I don't know. Like people say that old country is depressing. When I listen to the country now it, that they're it, putting out, it can be. Yeah. It when I listen to the country now, it depresses me because it's not at all what it used to be. Like I watched the CMAs the other night. Uh huh. I, I didn't. <laughs> what a circus. See, I, I rarely, I rarely watch CMAs or anything like that. Man, we watched it, and the okay. So I remember, like back in the nineties, they were closing the show with like with like Brooks and Dunn and mm-hmm. Garth and you know uh, Reva and Vince Gill. You know, they had uh, I don't know the guy's name, but you know, we're uh, what is it? I don't know, we're fancy like Applebee's on a day night. Yeah, I, for, <laughs> I forget that guy's name. I forget. But I think he's from North Carolina. That's so. how they closed the CMAs, and I was just like. Yeah, no, it, it's no, pretty interesting. No, and to me, uh, the modern country—not all of it, uh, but a, a good portion of it—to yeah. me, it reminds me of McDonald's. And when I say that, uh, it's like it's something to fill you up, but it ain't all that good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that was good. <laughs> I've never heard that one. Yeah. Um, another artist you mentioned, Cody Jinks. How about um? It made me think of uh, Tyler Childers. Yeah, yeah, I love Tyler Childers. Dude has a, a incredible voice and a very old sound. Old, he's got like a, a unique voice. Yes, nobody. He's a very distinct voice. Yes, um, you know, kind of like a. Uh, I mean, I'm not comparing him to Willie, but Willie Nelson. When you hear his voice, you know exactly who that That's is. That's right. And I feel that that way about Tyler as well. And the, and the sad part is, like you know, we will never hear them boys on the radio. You know, but I don't think that's bothering him too much. It's really not. I did, you know what? So, because I, be, I believe they're making a, a damn good living. So, you know, doing what they do. People told me in the wrestling business that they were making more money on the independent circuit than they were on TV with the contracts. Well, they and they probably are. You know, they probably are because they're they're in control of yeah of the merchandising, the right their music and right. the publishing. And they don't have somebody else's hand in the cookie jar, That's so right. to say. You know? That's crazy. Man, um, so it's Tyler Tyler Childers, that's that that guy. Anyway, I can't get him off my mind. Yeah, I love man. His music. I love your music. Thank you. Uh you wanna play another song? Sure, man. Uh what you want me to play? Let's see. Whatever you want to play. Well I don't guess we get in trouble for copyright. No, whatever you want to play. Oh, we were talking about Tyler Childers. Yes. Early in the morning, when the sun does rise, 
laying in the bed with bloodshot eyes. Late in the evening when the sun sinks low. That's about the time my rooster crowed. I got women up in Elm's Creek. Keep me going and my engine clean. Run me ragged, but I don't fret. This rain been won't slow me down none yet. Getting me drinking that moonshine. Getting me higher than a grocery bill. Take my trouble to the high wall. Throw them in the river and get your fill. We've been sniffing that cocaine. Ain't nothing better when the wind cuts cold. Lord, it's a mighty hard living. But a damn good feeling to run these roads. I got people trying to tell me red. Keep this living and you wind up dead. Cast your trouble on the Lord of Lords. Wind up laying on a cooling board. But I got buddies up a White House Road. Keep me strutting when my feet hang low. Right good whiskey gonna ease my pain. And all this running's gonna keep me sane. Getting me drinking that moonshine. Getting me higher than a grocery bill. Take my trouble to the high wall. Throw them in the river and get your fill. We've been sniffing that cocaine. Ain't nothing better when the wind cuts cold. Lord, it's mighty hard to live in. But a damn good feeling to run these roads. Damn good feeling to run these roads. When you lay me in the cold or clay, won't you sing them hymns while the banjo plays? Could tell them ladies that they all not frown. Cause there ain't been one ever held me down. Lawmen, women, or shallow grave, same old blues, just a different day. Getting me drinking that moonshine, getting me higher than a grocery bill. Take my trouble to the high wall, throw them in the river and get your fill. We've been sniffing that cocaine, ain't nothing better when the wind cuts cold. Lord, it's a mighty hard living, but a damn good feeling to run these roads. Damn good feeling to run these roads. Damn right. A little something like that. That was great, man. <laughs> Thank you, bro. Oh man, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that song's uh, pretty cool. Uh, and 
And a lot of people know it. And again, it's not on the radio, no, you know. It's not on the radio. I, I, man, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. None of them guys. I can't. I, we can have a whole podcast about that. Oh, I'll yeah. sit here and rant about it. But um, <clears throat> so what's what's what what's going on with you? Are you uh, you don't have a band? Uh, I worked on putting a band together. Um, uh, and I've had some bands. Yeah. But um, it's a uh, that's a different animal than than going out and doing acoustic shows. Yeah. Right now, I currently use a guy, a friend of mine named uh, Dustin Askew. He plays lead guitar. Okay. And we go out and do a, a, duo, a duo thing. I got you. And uh, I tell you, it works out. It's it's a lot simpler Yeah. Uh, getting two people scheduled together than to get four or five guys scheduled together. Right. I get and that. Uh, my reasoning on doing the duo thing as well, it's uh, financially more profitable yeah uh if you get a gig and you split the money two ways then five four or five ways yeah right. so i mean if you you figure you go out with a band which is all good and fun i love playing with a band right. but uh it's it's work too low i i don't they don't pay me to play they just pay me to bring my equipment set up and stuff like that because i'll play for free but it's just uh you know it's a lot of work Tearing down and and different stuff like that, um, getting all the equipment loaded up and and then you you split the money five ways. You know you you might walk out with a hundred hundred bucks, you know, a piece. And yeah. So, but the duo thing is is I enjoy that a lot. I I prefer when I go out and like I go to Westridge or Showside or uh, Showside. Yeah. Showside or somewhere like that. I prefer the the acoustic set, you know, it's, mm-hmm. and I, I listened to, um, um, what was, uh, can't think of that. Pro Jam. Yeah. yeah. They got a thing on, on YouTube unplugged. Right. I will sit there and turn that on and listen to it. it is, I love it. Oh yeah. And I go to a lot of Aaron. I've been, I've seen Aaron Lewis three times, four times. You include with stain. Yeah. But, uh, he, he does like half with his band and the last half of the show, just him and a guitar. And that is great to me. Yeah. You know, and like I said, Jamie Johnson, hearing him and that right there, man, that was great. Thanks. Oh man, I love the acoustic sound. Yeah, man, I love acoustic. What um, so you're doing private gigs? Yeah, and I do some public ones, but like I say, right now I don't have anything. During the holiday season, I kind of I like to wind it down a little bit right. because uh, I mean it's the holidays and spending some time at home. Yeah, is uh, you know, and I don't. I, I'd be, I'd love to play music every day, you know. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes, you know, uh, I have to. So you know, I can't book every weekend, uh, right? Because uh, you know, you gotta keep you know the family thing. You know, that's right. You kind of have that's to right. balance it. You and know? you and you have a family. I do. You you're married now. I am. I I'm married, and I have a stepdaughter, twelve okay. year old stepdaughter. All right. Yeah. I got I got two step boys. Cool deal. Yeah, yeah. they little jerks, but I love them. <laughs> <laughs> one's 18, one's 15, you know. Yeah. But uh, my 18-year-old, he's got his, I was telling you before, he's got his, uh, before we went on, he's got his own little detailing business. That's great. Yeah. And Entrepreneur. I, yeah. And I got his little, I, I, I throw him a commercial in here when I when I do the podcast. So That's a good deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. Um, So anything you want to say, man? Anything you want to plug? Anything coming up? Anything, anything. Yeah. Well, uh, like me and you were talking before we uh, started the podcast, uh, yeah. I'm not very tech savvy. So uh, as far as 
having a website and stuff like that. I probably ought to have stuff like that set up, but I do not. <laughs> but if uh, you know, if anybody would like to to possibly contact me, you can reach me through Facebook, uh, Messenger, or or something like that. If you're on Facebook, yeah, and uh, that's usually how I get a lot of my gigs. You know, somebody will send me a message and right, hey, are you available this date? And I'll check my calendar and just like I did, yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, when he when he says he's not tech savvy, y'all, he uh, like ninety percent of our conversation was him giving a thumbs up. So I was like, "That good? That's good." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, like I say, I'm in the near future going to be working on getting a website together, stuff right like on. that. Maybe have some uh, t-shirts to sell at my shows and right on. different things like that. And your music's on Spotify. Yes. I was listening to it on Spotify earlier. Okay. Uh, if you type yeah. in, you go to YouTube, you type in Adam Stone Music, uh, his album, Right Way Right Now. Right that? Time Right Now. Right, ti- right Time Right Now. Yeah. I knew I was going to mess that up. So. Yeah. I and, had it right down. and hopefully we can get a, a new album together uh, before too long. Now, was that your last album? It was, man. And it's it's been way too long since I put, you know, a, a new album out. So I'm looking forward to getting one out maybe this coming year. Right on. Well, we got a couple more minutes. Uh, play another song, man. All right, man. We got, uh, well, yeah, man, play us another song. All right. Well, we were talking about influences earlier. Yeah. Uh, and I said uh, Merle Haggard, you know. He's Love one of Merle. my favorites. This one's a little bit more laid back. Yeah. It's called um, Misery and Gin. Yes. They go pretty good together. Anyway, <laughs> it goes a little something like this. Memories and drinks don't mix too well. Jukebox records don't play those wedding bells. Looking at the world through the bottom of a glass, all I can see is a man that's fading fast. Tonight I need that woman again. What I'd get for my baby to just walk in Sit down beside me and say it's alright Take me home and make sweet love to me tonight Here I am again Mixing misery and gin Sitting with all my friends and talking to myself. I look like I'm having a good time, but any fool can tell that this honky tonk heaven really makes you feel like hell. I light a lonely woman's cigarette We start talking about things we want to forget Her life story and mine are the same Both lost someone and only have ourselves to blame But here I am again 
and misery and gin Sitting with all my friends and talking to myself I look like I'm having a good time But any fool can tell That this honky-tonk heaven Really makes you feel like hell Yeah. All right, man. Little old classic Merle. That was great. Thank you, bro. That was great. Well, man, we're just about out of time. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. We're definitely going to have you back, though. I'd love to. Wait, who's Jeremy? <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Adam Stone. You can catch him on Spotify, Adam Stone Music, YouTube, and Facebook, Adam Stone. We're definitely going to have you back in the future, man. Yeah, man. I, I had a lot of fun. I did, too, and I uh, appreciate everybody listening. <laughs> All right, y'all. This is Chewing the Fat, and I'm Porkchop Williams. <laughs>